Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. My name's Imran, TJ Sutherland, Dan Colacott, with new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month. Catch Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. How's it going, everybody? TJ Sutherland, aka Black Falcon, here on the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. As always, our new shows go live on the first and third Monday of every month, and you can find all of our previous shows on our website, which is foreverinelectricdreams.com. And you can also follow us on our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, OnlyFans accounts, all under Forever in Electric Dreams. Uh, for today's post-Christmas, but sort of pre-New Year podcast, I guess depending on when you listen to this, um, I'm joined by my regular co-hosts, uh, Imran Mirza, aka The Caramel Cupcake, Hi, hello. <laughs> and Dan Kolaka, aka the Hypno Hustler. Ooh. <laughs> and finally, our longtime friend of the show, Dennis Jose Francois, aka the Sexy Poutine. Hi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's, that, that is perfect. I By the way, I will tell you my only time to dress at the end of the show <laughs> when the children have gone to sleep. See how we brought that one back around? Right, cool. Um, right, so um, around the time that we're recording this, I think we're a, a few weeks out now, removed from um, the release of Spider Man No Way Home um, and the finale of Hawkeye. I think that happened. In about the same week, I think, or a couple of weeks from each other. Um, yeah, same week. So um, we were talking about those as well as discussing kind of current state of play of the MCU Phase 4, uh, what we think of it so far, uh, hopes and fears for the future of the franchise, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess, oh, and also, uh, just before we go into any of the, anything, if you've not seen Spider-Man or the Hawkeye finale yet, this episode will contain numerous spoilers so turn off now stop pause whatever go watch them go to cinema get out of your house and come back and listen to the rest of the show right so um should we kick off with a big one spider-man can i before we kick off with the big one can i just say one thing yes well played marvel all round oh i doffed my cap to the in just all-round well-played of the whole thing. And I just wanted to start with act, what you just said now about them being released within a week of each other. Actually, the only disappointment I have is that they weren't even closer linked than they were. In so terms of... a very, very, very tenuous link because both Hawkeye and Spider-Man mm. contain Netflix MCU characters who are connected, okay. right? And they... And that... And to me, that was like just like a big mega tick for me. But let's Can start. I, with the yeah, that was exactly what the, a point I was going to make, uh, Dennis. Because obviously, within a few days, yeah, within a few yeah. days, two different uh, kind of um, uh, platforms did the same thing. Yeah, and it was uh, mm. yeah, incredible. Yeah. Can I make one comment on that though? Mm. And I don't know if this is correct, and if uh, all of you have heard the same thing as me, but despite. It being, you know, Charlie Cox as Daredevil and is his name Vincent D'Onofrio? Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent yeah. D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. Kingpin. 
despite them being the, playing the same characters that they played in the Netflix series or series of series, um, everything that actually happened in the Netflix series are not canon. So none of that happened. That's what I, I, where did you get, where did you hear that from? Mm-hmm. Uh, I read internet, it. Internet rumors. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I read it in an article. Um, but, and, but based uh, on what? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I presumed that it, I, the, the way it was talked about was it was like, it was industry knowledge that they're bringing back the characters, but, the actual plot lines themselves and everything that happened in those series are not canon. They're, they're completely ignored. And I think one of the things that triggered that, and I know I'm probably skipping ahead, so apologies, TJ. That's right. But no. one of the things that, that triggered that is the fact that Kingpin, his, um, well, you can't really call it superpowers, it's not superpowers, but his powers, uh, his ridiculous his strength. strength. Yeah. yeah are more akin to what he is in the MCU, you know, in, in, in the comics, um, mm-hmm. rather than the Wilson Fisk we see going toe-to-toe with Daredevil in the Netflix series, because he, he does not have the level of super strength that he does in the series. Again, this is not my opinion. This is what I'm I've been reading a lot of articles kind of talking about it and talking about whether it's canon, talking about whether these are, they might be played by the same actor. They might be depicting the same character, but those aren't the same characters that we saw in those series. And it could be complete crap. Uh, You know, someone could come out and say that that that's absolute hogwash, but I think there's a lot of, (laughs) <laughs> you think you think so? If it's not, feels, as far as I'm concerned, if it doesn't come from Mar- someone at Marvel, it's not real. It feels because like a weird play, it feels like they, a weird play as well to do something yeah. like that. Plus, as I saw a little article today, I mean, for God's sake, Andrew Garfield gaslighted the entire world for a year. Right? <laughs> he, he gave yeah. the most convincing interviews about how he was not in this Spider-Man film that I've ever seen. You just go back and look at them, and like, no, he's really not in it. Same with Tobey Maguire, and yet they were. Um, so I wouldn't believe anything until it's on screen or not on screen. And just because something's ignored, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not canon. Don't forget, in those Netflix shows, there are plenty of references to the MCU. You see mm-hmm. Avengers Tower in some shots. They're in, in the actual official advertising. You see Avengers Tower and stuff. So I don't they know. the Battle of New York a lot as well, don't they? Yeah. And they, 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 they do the feel like they're in the same universe. Yeah. yeah. So they can ignore the stories. Doesn't mean it's not canon just because they're not going to refer back to them. Also, thinking about each where each character finished off at the end of whatever series they were in. Like, didn't Matt just go back to practicing law and Kingpin... So, was one Kingpin of the, been locked up? Or? He was, oh. but I think, guess what you're accounting for is the blip. Yes. Ah, yes, yes. That's the, that, you know, the, one of the big questions is, why isn't Kingpin in jail? And he said, well, yeah. the blip happened. Was he, did he go away or did he not go away? Either which yeah. way, it could have ended up that he's out of jail. If he didn't blip away, he could have stayed in jail. If he did blip away, he could have come back and not been in jail. Kept a low profile. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that, that, and then that's another kind of fan theory and piece of speculation is because of the blip, that 
basically allowed him to retake uh, New York. But yes, again, you know, this is why I'm putting these out. These aren't my theories. I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's quite fun to see how people are speculating whether or not the original Netflix stories are canon, whether the characters are the same. I think the biggest trigger for that was the fact that, and I, and I, I thought this, I generally thought this, when, when um, Kingpin walks away from a, I don't know, there's about 20 or 30 explosive arrows with all kinds of uh, trick heads and ridiculously you know, damaging goods on them. And he also gets run over. Um, yeah, I mean... It's a big he, dude. He is a big dude. <laughs> but I, I kind of... I'm not saying I would expect him to die from that, but to, to sort of walk away and get away cleanly, that to me didn't... It didn't feel like that was the, the, the same character that I'd seen in the Netflix show. I seem to remember him being pretty powerful or... And in, I mean, in the final scene we see him in the next week's show, he puts his fist through a wall while he's fighting uh, Daredevil. And, and he's and he's always been depicted as having, like, not superhuman strength, but ver- being a very, very powerful character in his own right outside of, you know, yeah. when it comes in, to in, straight in, up in fighting. The, in the comics, he's always been able to go toe-to-toe with Spider-Man. Mm. And he's yeah. not meant to be superhuman. He's just ultra-trained, nuts, psychotic... And a huge guy, and, and, and pretty fast for, a big, the, fast for a big man. Yeah, he's he's supposedly at the edge of human uh, possibilities human. In, yeah. that, in that regard. Uh, he's also done some kind of mystical training, or whatever, and maybe they're going to come back to that. I did think that he was like, I'm like, wow, he suddenly he, he did appear to be a lot tougher than he was <laughs> previously. But you know what? It's comic book stuff. I buy it. I actually read last night. I think it was, which kind of potentially gives credence to what Dan was saying. Um, that, um, How dare you give credence to what I Dan know, said. I know, I, I felt dirty just saying those words. <laughs> um, but Jessica, Je- Jessica Henwick, who um, played uh, in Iron Fist, well, she's the new Iron Fist in accordance to how Iron Fist season two ended. Uh, she played at Colleen, um, I forget the Colleen surname. Wing. Yes, apparently uh, she uh, was offered the role of Shang-Chi's sister, um, which I thought was a very strange thing for Marvel to have done, but apparently they they wanted her to go for it, but she turned it down because she holds out hope that Iron Fist will be revived. And I thought, well, even if they don't do it, I can't understand why they would recast someone from an MCU franchise, you know, existing as someone completely different. Wouldn't so, be the first time. Yeah, that's true. Well, well, within the existing MCU. Yeah, my, uh, well. Here we go. So if the Netflix stuff is within the existing MCU, one question is whether Cottonmouth can then be Blade. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Nice. I, I, I lie awake at night thinking about this. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are I don't want to be, be judgmental, but you might want to get out more, mate. <laughs> there are a couple of others, but I can't, I can't quite think of them. But um, I think the thing with Con- I, I don't think Marvel. This is my personal opinion. I don't think Marvel are going to bring back any form of Iron Fist. Not no, just because yeah. it's it the first time round it didn't work, but also because they changed she a bit too much. Yeah, but they're also sort of under the pressure of you know Iron Fist is very much a white savior character, isn't he? 
um, written in a tie. And that's, that's how he's perceived now, whether it was intended that way it's or not. Some of the 60s, 70s, I think. Yeah, he's yeah. looked at as a, as a culturally appropriated white savior character. They've done Shang-Chi. Why would they bring back this white guy doing Kung Fu? Now, they might yeah. do, but I have a feeling that they won't. The only problem is it is a very good combo with Luke Cage. And I think they would want to keep Luke Cage because they don't have any genuine black characters, really, apart from what Falcon and uh, War Machine. In, uh, in the sorry, sorry, you mean Black and Fal- Black Panther? Sorry, Black Falcon. <laughs> you mean Black Falcon. Black Falcon. Sorry, I mean Captain America, actually, and War Machine, and you know uh, Black Panther, who unfortunately we've lost. So, you know, I would be surprised if they didn't keep the the uh, Luke Cage okay. character. Um, but uh, the his, so with, with regards to Colleen Wing, what's more interesting is if they were going to do uh, the uh, Colleen Wing, Wing and Misty Knight together. Because Ooh, in yeah. the comics, they're a detective yeah, agency, detective agency. Yeah. street level, Nightwing detective agency. And in the comics, she also has an arm missing. She has a, she has a, a cyborg arm, except in the comics, it was made by Stark International, not by the Rand Corporation. Mm. So, so they've, they've got everything arm. they need there to do a good street level without creating new characters. They've got an Asian female character, a black female character, a black male character that they could use. Marvel would be crazy not to lean into that. And I think... Because they could actually do it for once without people saying, oh, they're just ticking boxes and creating characters. And they wouldn't be. They'd be using out of their existing stable. So I'd be surprised if they didn't do that, but who knows? They might not. So I, I was just going to say Jessica Jones. I mean, I, I think... I'm not saying that there hasn't been a reasonable amount of of kind of female characters and, and Marvel has obviously keeps elevating existing female characters, which is, I think it's going to happen in the, in the upcoming films, but it, it does feel like we could do with a Jessica Jones really. As a street level type character, you mean? Well, yeah. Similar, just, to, similar to the Netflix setting. Yeah, exactly. As, as a, just basically, I think at the moment now, now we've lost, uh, Natasha, the only leading female kind of superhero character we have is Captain Marvel. Now, I know it's all changing with She-Hulk, and I think the dynamic in the next Black Panther film is going to change, I think. Um, so yeah, we're well on our way to that. But right at this point now, I think having... Having a character that is as strong as Jessica Jones, and I'm I'm a real fan of uh, I forget the name of the actress who plays her, um, but uh, I'm big. Uh, Kristen, is it Kristen? Ritter, yeah, Ritter. Kristen, yeah, Kristen Ritter. Kristen Ritter, massive fan of her, and I thought her her take on the character was absolutely phenomenal. To be fair, the actual series themselves not that strong. Although it had David Tennant in it, so you know the first, the first season one, was excellent. I thought, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. But the second one was pretty bad. But I still think it would be fantastic if she came back. So her, her and Luke Cage, I would be absolutely stoked if those two characters. The rest, I'm not so fussed about. But um, yeah, I think you just want to see another awesome. superpowered sex scene with those two again. Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was quite a few of those. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah. Going back to, I mean... So we totally derailed your opening. Oh, no, that was good. Sorry, that was good. 
No, 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 it's totally good. But, you know, to kind of bring it back round, um, you know, thoughts on Spider-Man. How did, how did you feel it went down? You know, what were good points or what were bad points? Imran, what were your, your, uh, your feelings on Spider-Man? Well, I, I think because of the, it was just really, in, I suppose you guys probably would have, but I, it felt like there was a real mad rush to see it for fear of spoilers and you know we knew that yeah yeah they had already told us we knew uh the villains uh part of it we i guess people strongly suspected um that you know or suspected slash hoped that garfield and Maguire would uh kind of reappear Um, i had no idea to be honest i wasn't expecting them either I wasn't actually expecting them. I think Garfield had been quite open about the fact that he was not bitter, but he was hurt with the way his role ended. And I I never really saw him embracing uh, uh, the chance to return. And it had been so long for Maguire. I didn't think that it was going to happen, but there was a beautiful gasp uh, in the, the audience as soon as um, um, Garfield takes off his mask. And it was just like, like it came at the right moment in the movie as well. Um, there was a huge cheer because the, the yeah. cinema went to was actually quite busy, and there was a huge cheer when that when that yeah. reveal came up. It was, it was great, and it was, was quite great, nice really. to see. Yeah. Nice. So I just have to say, my cinema was such a bunch of nerds that they cheered <laughs> the moment they saw the Spider-Man suit because they recognised that it <laughs> wasn't it wasn't Tom Holland. I was <laughs> wow, like, oh my god, seriously, Some hardcore hardcore nerdage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but again, like just kind of even like going into it, I. It's like, I don't know, like I think, like Dennis said, you know, just right off the bat in terms of you just have to applaud Marvel and how they're, how they consistently kind of reinvent what's possible, you know, and I, something I've said on like a, on these episodes before, but I remember years ago when they initially announced that they were going to do four standalone movies uh, of Iron Man, Hulk, uh, Captain America and Thor, and then a fifth movie to bring them all together under the banner of the Avengers. And I remember thinking that that was so ambitious and I'd never heard or seen anything like that before. And I remember watching that Avengers film in the cinema, which holds a real special place for me. I adore that movie. And I remember just thinking like, you did it. Like, this is amazing that you have all these characters intermingling and you know, you're, it's just, it's like, it's all of their movie at the same time. And then you fast forward six, seven, eight years to something like Infinity War and Endgame where you've got like 10 separate like IPs all on the screen together. And it's just, they just, they continually kind of reinvent it. And now we have Spider-Man, which, which pulls together three live action uh, portrayals of Peter Parker over 20 years and five separate films outside of Holland's franchise. I mean, again, they've just kind of re- reinvented what's what's possible, and it's it's a really kind of exciting uh, to kind of see them continually do that. Um, just a quick podcast pause for a moment. Uh, I'm going to try and dig up the moment on the Liberation Frequency podcast where you actually said that, Imran. Oh wow! And we can do a little. We can do a little harp music. You know, as, as if we're going back in time, and we can insert it if I can find it. Only if I can find it. Be... And because uh, yeah. I do, do you know what? I do actually remember you saying that on the LF podcast. I, I, yeah, I think I, 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 I think yeah. you actually said it more or less as you said oh it. God. then The next so, time I do uh, the intro, it's going to be Imran, Imran Mirza, aka Nostradamus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't predict anything. It wasn't a prediction. It was in terms of what they had announced up to that point. And, so. and, and it's probably followed by me saying that's ridiculous. They never do it. That's crazy. <laughs> They'll get two movies and that'll be it. 
Stop smoking that crack. <laughs> so, and then it's probably followed by Dan saying, well, I read on the internet. <laughs> Optimus Prime is going to be in it. <laughs> hey, this is a my theory, okay? This is... <laughs> anyway, back to the, the internet, current... They're going to make Nick Fury, Nick Fury black. <laughs> <laughs> back, back to the current podcast. You ready? Three, two, one. Totally agree with you, Imran. Totally. <laughs> Um, but on on yeah. the subject of crossovers and what they didn't do, as we sort of discussed offline, is they chose not to introduce Miles Morales at this point, and I can, and which was the only disappointing thing for me in the film, and I, uh, I feel like disappointing partly because they did set it up in an earlier Tom Holland film, and I thought that they were actually going to go down the route, especially when they make the flippant comment, "There must be a black Spider Man around here somewhere." I thought to myself, oh "My God, they're going to do it." But I thought what would happen is at the end of the movie, when nobody remembers that Peter, who Peter Parker is, that he would go back to school and find that he's been replaced by a guy called Miles Morales. And there might be a new Spider-Man. That would have been a great ending for the film. But I could only figure that it's probably as much to do with rights again, Marvel not wanting to let go of any film rights they have on Miles Morales. And by putting him in a Sony movie, that would complicate things. But he's... Uh... Is Into Spider Verse not a Sony movie? Yes, but it's at, they they separated the rights for animation, it's and, animated, uh, okay, animated and, and live action. Yeah, and I, technically I, speaking, Marvel have the rights for animation for television, and I suspect yeah. that they have the rights for film on screen because Miles Morales was created as a character after Disney bought Marvel, and I think from that point onwards, any new characters that were created in the universe would not have a, a Sony. Sony wouldn't have rights to them. But introducing Miles into the film would have, <clears throat> excuse me, wouldn't have made sense though, because the premise is all around Peter Peter Parker, not Spider Man, right? Exactly. So they could have introduced Miles at school, not necessarily Spider Man, Miles Morales, but Miles just as a, just as a, as a kid in school. Because they yeah, do maybe. mention, and without <sighs> him coming from a direct dimension, because in uh, another multi universe, because in um, Spider Man Homecoming, there's that scene, the interrogation scene in the car park where Aaron Davis, the Prowler, says, oh, I've got a nephew probably, yeah. who lives in this neighborhood, which establishes that Miles Morales is in the MCU. So they could he's, have brought him into the MCU without he's him. Into, he's in Tom Holland's universe. Exactly. In theory, right? yeah. So, and it's, yeah, so it I, could have been an introduction. It didn't, wouldn't mean necessarily mean the end of Tom Holland and Spider-Man, but it, I would, set up, it would set up Miles Morales. I was just disappointed. That's yeah, it didn't, it didn't, that didn't hurt me quite as much, because I remember you mentioned this to me before, and I... I kind of thought about it, and I was like, "Oh, that could have been cool." But then I, but then I kind of thought about it some more, and I thought, one, there's a lot going on in this movie already, anyway, for starters. Two, I'm not so sure it would have. I don't, I don't feel that it would have nece- was particularly necessary to introduce because he's got his own. Marvel's got his own thing with into the Spider Verse stuff, and that's doing gangbusters. That's an incredible, incredible movie. If you've not seen it, go watch it. Um, into Spider-Verse 2 is coming out uh, next year, I think, as well. So I kind of feel like Miles has got his own platform and he's, you know, he's beloved and all the rest of it. So I don't feel like kind of introducing him as a, I don't know. I Yeah, I, that didn't bother me as as much, really. Um, Hang on, just a second. Was, was his uncle played by Donald Glover? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. Oh, sorry, I didn't. Oh yeah, yeah no, 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 that's, that's, that's that was Aaron it. Davis, the Prowler. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
That's the character that um, it says. That the only and the only reason, like you know, as I told you guys, I saw both. I watched both films before getting to see this one, and I noticed that in the in suit display that Peter has in the first film, it says a little like digital thing comes up in his eyes, and it says Aaron Davis, and in brackets it says the Prowler. Yeah, they don't actually refer to him as the Prowler. Ah. Deep cut right there. Um, so, uh, Dan, thoughts on Spider-Man? Well, I just want to go back to mm-hmm. when I watched the first three Tobey Maguire films. And I remember, and I probably, we probably talked about this on the podcast. And uh, there were I'm... only two Tobey Maguire films. There was no third Spider-Man <laughs> movie. We already discussed this. No, I'm joking. Go on. Well, so, so basically, I remember at that time, uh, I loved Spider-Man 1 and 2. I didn't actually mind the third film. I remember being a bit... I came out of the cinema not knowing what to feel or what to think because <laughs> there were so many car crash moments as well as some fantastic kind of fight scenes. And even if you didn't like the depiction of Venom... Uh, Sandman and uh, I don't know what you call Green, Green Goblin Junior. Is it just Green Goblin Junior? Is it, is was it not the Hobgoblin? No, Hobgoblin. It, it, no, it wasn't Hobgoblin. It was just Green Goblin. Right. It was just Green. Hobgoblin Green... is a completely different guy with different. Abilities. True, but yeah. That's, that's so he was just just Green Goblin Junior. But um, I actually saw it. it was on the TV uh, the other day, and I was rewatching it, and I was thinking, you know, some of this is actually pretty good. So at the time. I was absolutely gutted that they they stopped and all the talk about Spider-Man 4, suddenly all that ended and the next thing we knew, we had Andrew Garfield. And I, and I kind of, again, I went to see the, uh, the two films that he was in. I bought into it. Um, I thought the first one was pretty good. The second one I didn't like as much, but... I was on board. You know what I mean? They, they set so many things up um, for the third film. And then again, it didn't happen. Um, and suddenly we're hearing that another younger version of Spider-Man's being cast. And it, I think at the time, those things really irritate me. It, it felt like Spider-Man got rebooted so many times. And I never, and I never got to to see any kind of satisfying continuity. Um, so I was, I guess, when I when I when I came into uh, the latest film, the best moment for me was it, it felt like it didn't just put a band aid on on that wound. It 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 just completely dressed, sewed it up, made me feel good about two versions of the franchise, two two actors and all the actresses and, and, and the villains and everything. It, it it was just like a such an intense nerdgasm that made me feel, you know, that that they'd paid so much reverence to, to the previous material rather than it just feeling like, oh, we've cast it aside. It didn't make enough money. It didn't work. There were too many critics People were people didn't like this and that, and it, it it just somehow made it okay again, which I don't think there's ever been a scenario that I can think of in any other 
kind of film or franchise where that's happened and you you you've almost got a do over and a do over that made it okay and a do over that brought back some of the most i mean you think of um electro and um i've forgotten the name of um what's what's the snake dude is it uh, lizard the lizard the lizard man lizard. lizard man um so you know and they weren't particularly I mean, I remember at the time people took the Mickey out of the Electro character and took the the Mickey out of um, the Lizard, and but yeah, this just somehow made it all right, and it just it it didn't paper over it. It, it just yeah, it, it just made me feel good about films that I'd almost forgotten about, characters I'd almost forgotten about, um, and as Iman you said, the, the fact it was able to take this huge wealth of, of other films, of other narrative and other characters and bring them into this one film um, to, the, you know, the, the way they did without, you know, it, it could have been handled a lot worse. You know, they could have really made a, an absolute meal of it, but it was pretty seamless. Um, and I came out of that cinema thinking, I don't think I, I've felt, like that about a film since probably the Avengers since the first Avengers film. And even then we kind of knew that was coming at, you know, in, in the, in the last few films running up to that. Whereas this, you know, we, we all argued amongst ourselves whether or not the Maguire and uh, Garfield Spider-Men were going to be in it. Um, So yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty fantastic from that point of view. So, Dan, Is all of this, um, can I just come just come back to one thing? Um, you said that you can't think of any other film where a later film has legitimized the previous awful one. <laughs> Is that what you're more or less saying? And yeah, I, I, actually I personally can't, but there must I, be. I examples. can think of one, but people might disagree with me. So I'm curious what you think. I would say that Alien Covenant makes Prometheus a better movie. Ooh. Oh shit! All right, well, this all kicks off. Just, just say it because because I think we'd all agree that most people came out of Prometheus thinking, "What the fuck?" But yeah. when you watch Alien Covenant, you're like, oh, "Actually, Prometheus makes a lot more sense now and is a better film." But why should you have to see another film to make the first? Film? I was going to say it's the yeah. only <laughs> other example I can think of where it's sort of it's like a not a do over. But it kind of makes right on a couple of things, you know what I mean? Yeah, if you yeah. need a sequel to to make, mm. yeah, that 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 feels hella weak to me. Mm. So you see, I, I kind also, of had the opposite. I had the opposite because I <laughs> came to. <laughs> I I had kind of accepted Prometheus as its own thing. Like I, I right. got, I think even you know because we we talked about this and this was something you you'd actually said to me, Dennis was like. Try and try and think of Prometheus as a standalone film. Try not to if you if you try not to tie it into the the aliens mythos too directly and just appreciate it for what it is. It's actually a good movie, and I, and I kind of yeah. I'd got to that point, and then I went to see um, Convenant, thinking that it was another aliens kind of horror sequel that it was going to be based on a ship that it was going to be 
you know, very much in the kind of survival horror mold of the earlier films, and then got Prometheus 2, and I was like, oh, damn. Uh, I didn't see that coming. So, so, And I've got one other thing before I derail you guys anymore. I just want to come back to something that you said, um, uh, TJ, about the Hobgoblin being a completely different dude. Interestingly, do you know there's been several characters in the MCU yeah. who have been the Hobgoblin? Yeah, they have, yeah. And do you know who one of them might be? Osborne. I'll answer for you. Ned Leeds. Yes, because... Ah, okay. I know that, because that's why... Uh, the joke where um, that scene where Ned goes to Peter and says, "I'll never betray you. I'll never kill you. Um, I'll yeah. never turn on you." Whether that's why that's so funny because if you're a comic book nerd and you know yeah. that he actually becomes a hobgoblin, yeah. that actually makes that joke a bit funnier. But yes, I did know that. Although I would imagine that ninety nine point nine percent of the, I mean, even yeah. comic book nerds. Would have to, you'd have to be a real Spider-Man nerd. Yeah, that's that. that's a that's a bit of a well. Yeah, you'd have to know Spider-Man. As in, you'd have to know Spider-Man comics. They've been like five re- different hobgoblins, well. including yeah. Norman Osborne and and whatever. So that's that's the. I think, I think the Ned, I think the Ned Leeds one was, was quite a big one though at the time because again because he was a friend of his. So, but yeah, hmm. you do realize Iman and I are sitting here thinking we don't even know the difference between Green Goblin and Hobgoblin. No idea. One's green and the other one isn't. Yeah, one's Hob. Yeah. One's like made out of a, crust, a, a crumbly, buttery biscuit base. Does one Sometimes have coming in shape, Covered Tom. in chocolate. Anyway, anyway. Um, cool. Right, Dennis. Spider-Man yeah. thoughts. Any Anything else outside of your... Well, first of all, uh, the best, missing... for me, the best bit in the whole movie was actually when uh, Matt Murdock catches that brick. I just thought <laughs> that was so good. That bit, that bit really tickled <laughs> you, didn't it? Yeah, you it loved that I'm bit. not the only person. A lot of people... I, think I know, it was, it was awesome. All the comic book fans. I don't know. That's just, that was just right. It was just the right flavor for that moment. Yeah, yeah. And, his, no, and Peter Parker's reaction to it. Was uh, yeah. was quite good. I think just in general, the whole lot of it, I really like. I, I really liked um, Otto Octavius, uh, the way mm. he was at the beginning of the film, like the way he spoke to everybody mm. and uh, and his demanding nature and stuff. I thought that was really really cool. Um, the only I didn't care for the fact that Spider Man seemed to be able to hold his own against Doctor Strange. Um, I you're a bit disappointed that Doctor Strange couldn't deal with. Spider-Man a bit better. That, than was, that was that was that was weird. I do I I rationalized that in my head though by say, by saying that stra- it felt like Strange was pulling his punches because yeah I thought uh, this this is the only way I ra- this is the only way I rationalize it. It's made it absolute bullshit. But Strange is pulling his punches because obviously although all the shit that him and Parker have been through and him knowing that you know he's lost Tony and he's going through some rough shit, so he doesn't want to go full on like sorcery supreme on him. So he's pulling his punches. He's going easy on him. That's the only reason why Peter got away with it. And then he caught him on the hop with the whole geometry thing and trapping him in the trapping him in wherever it was, the astral plane, the mirror, the mirror, the mirror place, dimension. Mirror dimension. So I, I rationalise that by saying he he went easy on him. I, I think if it, if Strange was to properly go all out on him, I would imagine he could he could kick the shit out of Peter. But yeah. So can we can we actually just quickly discuss um, 
another theory that came out when the first trailers hit, and that was that um, that wasn't Doctor Strange. It was a Krull? Is that the right? No, the, the, it was that it was the Mephisto. Um, oh, okay. I didn't was hear that, Mephisto. Was that, that was one of the theories that actually you raised, I think, Dan. <laughs> oh, did I? As one of the, as <laughs> one of the, one of the Mephisto oneers, you know. So uh, <laughs> it might have been. Yeah, but uh, but Mephistos. I think that the, <laughs> the the point still stands. It's worth <laughs> discussing. Is um, do we not think that for someone with the powers that Doctor Strange had to make the calamitous mistake that almost caved in our universe with multiverses and destroyed the very nature of time and reality? That wasn't just on him, though. Well, how do you mean? When he so when he was casting the spell. Peter kept on interfering with it, right? And he kept no, on trying I, I, to... I totally get that. But it yeah. just feels like for him to... Even for him to have allowed Peter to keep messing with the spell and for mm. it to get as bad as it it did, or almost did, it, I know. So, again, I'm not raising this as, as a particular opinion uh, of myself, but a lot of people were kind of like, this. it seems a bit weird that he would allow that to happen. That seems to form the basis I mean, for the next movie, though, doesn't it? For I, the think, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's his. Ca- oh, go on. Go on I think it's because one of the ideas is that he's arrogant. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he still he hasn't lost he, that. Yeah, he hasn't, and he thinks he can do anything. And he didn't think it was a bad idea. In fact, he thought it was probably something he could do. And yes, Peter interferes with it. But interestingly, this is definitely a case of the way it's portrayed in the trailer is very is actually quite different from what happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, forget forget the theories about the trailer. As, as far as the movie's concerned, I think that worked just fine. I think as well, one, so if, if I had a gripe, and I think I mentioned this to you, Dennis, if I had one gripe, like Peter, I found it very difficult to sympathise with Peter for yeah. maybe the first two-thirds of that movie. Like, I really struggle, like, all of it seemed to be about him, you know, being, obviously, yes, he got messed over with the guy revealing his identity, but everything that goes wrong in the film just stems from being his fault. And I know that's kind of the main premise of the movie, and he has to overcome from it and learn from his, learn from his mistakes, yada, 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 all that kind of stuff. But hasn't he been doing that for the past three movies? And he's still making... Like it, it felt, he felt like as for someone that's saved the world and been through all the shit he's been through, some of the mistakes and decisions that he made felt quite immature to me. Maybe that was just me being a grouchy old man. I don't know. No, I think it's a fair point. Um, I kind of felt a little bit like that, and e- even um, the whole let's make let's cure the villains bit, and I, I appreciate that was more. Um, Aunt May than it was um, Spider-Man himself. But I did think when that sort of first started to kind of happen, it it felt weird. It it did feel... Mm. You know, I had to, to suspend disbelief for a bit in order to kind of accept that it, it, it's such a big 
plot point. You know, they obviously if if if, you, if they didn't have that, then I guess half the movie wouldn't be able to actually happen without that decision. But it did at the time feel a bit like, yeah, really? Bit, That's a bit, bit of a stretch. <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch. And even yeah. like, it kind of works with the context of, you know, Tom Holland, his Spider-Man, because he's never mm. fought these villains. They've never, I guess they've never messed with him. They've never killed anyone in his in his universe. You know, they they they're, they're just they're just people who who arrive and are there. Yeah, hmm. he doesn't really know who they are. Um, so so that you, you can kind of say, okay, well, fair enough. He's he's just trying to help these people, these these characters that he he feels are misunderstood. Whereas when the other two Spider Men come into it, they do know who these guys are. And these guys yeah. have done some seriously, you know, bad villainous shit in their universes, and yet they still decide, oh hey, you know, we're not we're not gonna try and kill them, we're not gonna get revenge, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna help them. Uh, again, Doesn't that tie into the whole ethos of the responsibility? Oh, it it does, yeah. it does in the end. But I think it, it you it's it's have just to different. Kind of, yeah, yeah, it was you a difficult to thing to, to rationalise in my mind. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't quite understand what you mean, Dan. Because, so explain. Can we do a do over? Can we do a Spider Man three to Tom Holland do over of, of your last sentence? I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> so I, I'm basically saying that for Tom Holland to decide to want to try and help the three, well, there's not, not just three, but the villains that come into his universe. He doesn't have the emotional attachment to those guys, whereas the exactly. other two guys do. Yeah. No, but so, he knows that they're going to die. No, I think I think Dan's referring to, sorry, speaking for you, Dan, I think he's referring yeah, no, to the fact that Tom Tom Holland's Spider-Man doesn't have the emotional attachment to those characters. So therefore, you can under, you can understand why he would be willing to help them out or to try and, you know, cure them, fix them, whatever. Right, okay. Whereas with the other two Spider-Men, it feels like a bit of a leap considering the emotional attachment those guys do have to those original villains because, you know, they killed their girlfriend or they've killed people in their universe or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I guess the, I guess the, the like Imran said, that's kind of the ethos of the movie, isn't it, around actually taking responsibility and not just seeking vengeance. So, yeah, it does get there eventually. But it, Yeah, all right. I, the, I, I see what you mean, but <clears> in both of those two films and in, in all those, late, like, Dr. Otto Octavius is a personal friend of Peter's. So is Norman Osborn. So is the Dr. Connor. So was even the guy, uh, what's his name, who played Electro. Electro, yeah. So, and they've come, and there's a possibility that they could be sort of helped saved uh and thus not suppose, be bad people yeah so why wouldn't it's their I mean, they're heroes choice. the characters yeah. are heroes it's not us like we we would be exactly that i'd be like no nah, i'm not gonna help you you killed my uncle but i'm not a hero but hang on a minute yes you, yes, you are dennis don't let anyone tell you different <laughs> you are to us but you've also got to remember that, that before um garfield and Maguire turn up he uh peter has tried to 
uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, has already tried to help them, and they basically turned around and flicked him the middle finger and decided that they they much they'd much rather just be evil. So it's it's even weirder at that point that he you know <laughs> he fails once to help them because they just they don't want to be helped, and then you know M- Maguire and Garfield turn up and. All three of them suddenly say, "You know, we f- yeah." I think you're forgetting well, it's counting May in in that equation well, though, because yeah. it's when he first meets um, Goblin, who turns up at May's is it like the I don't know where May was yeah, working, like a shelter, kitchen, shelter sort of thing. Like he initially says, "Right, we need to get rid of him," and she says, "Well, you've got to help him because he's he's in trouble." And yeah. he says, "That's also, not my responsibility. That's not my problem." Yeah. Also, slight slight segue. The shelter that May's working at uh, is a company called Feast, and that's yep. a reference to a company that's in the Spider-Man game, and and also in the comic books. Oh, it's in the comics as well. Oh, yeah, there you go. yeah, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think the thing is, I think both of you are right. I think to Dennis's point, I did the, the bottom line is he is a hero, he is a hero. So regardless of all that stuff, he is always he is always supposed to try and find the right way to do things. But also to Dan's point as well, it, you know, it, I found it, I found parts of that difficult to rationalise because because uh, like you said, I'm not a hero, so I looked at it and went, okay, just send these guys home and let them deal with you know whatever issues they got there. But yeah, I'm not a hero. Heroes think differently, and they're supposed to be, be- they're supposed to be better than us. And yeah, I mean, to- Dan, I'm just, I'm, uh, it saddens me to think that in a similar situation that could feasibly happen in our lives, <laughs> you're going to condemn me to death because I yeah, murdered that's, someone that, you loved. That's, even that's, though that's, cool, that's cool bully that, that stole your lunch money, that, yeah. traveled, that got brought through a time-traveling warp hole <laughs> yeah. into 2021, and you have a chance to uh, to cure him and, re- and redeem him, but you just send him back to... Die? No, yeah, I mean, not. who's the real villain here, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But, All right, enough, enough of this. Enough of this web business. Oh, sorry, go on, go on, Dan. I was just, I was just going to say, um, I'm sure they they did address this, but I, I I've I've forgotten why the, the Sandman didn't die, did he? In the third no. film, no, no. And oh, here's maybe, an interesting maybe, one. Here's the best. I I, I got this from. I did get this from a screen rant thing I was watching. So all the people who came back uh, were coming back were people who knew Peter Parker was Spider Man. Electro didn't. Oh, did he not? No. No, weren't they there that because they knew Peter Parker? Rather than Spider Man, yeah, I don't think oh. it was the tenu- it, I don't think it was the connection yeah. that he was Spider Man. I thought they, they said he's hit there here for you because they know Peter Parker. Because they know, yeah, it was pulling back. I, I thought think it was pulling back people that no, knew Peter, Peter rather Do- than Peter. Doesn't Doctor Strange say all the people who know Peter Parker at Spider Man are coming back? I no, I thought I think it was, he says that, I and then you get people that knew Peter Parker. I could be, I could be wrong. Yeah, I think it was people. I thought it was people who knew Peter Parker was Spider Man. I guess we'll never know until we watch it for the fifth time. <laughs> can I can cool. I make one more comment about Spider Man, yes. if I may? Um, just I I just I really want to say something about May uh, and and her her seat her death scene. I mean, I just I, 
it's i mean i can't imagine although they, they very possibly did but um i can't imagine that they they thought of you know i, I think with every spider-man iteration that there's ever been we're always introduced to ultimately uh peter's realization of uh responsibility uh through the death of uncle ben and you know i I think sometimes the garfield movies and the mcguire films had sort of like a somber tone throughout because that's what that's the peter we're introduced to we're looking at a peter who has to come to terms with that death at the outset and I, i guess when we you know ben was never mentioned in holland's franchise but i suppose my assumption was that that was a process he had already been through a grieving process that he had already been through and had made the decision to be spider-man but but i think to kind of almost to conclude that trilogy with the death that sets him on that path inspired like it, i it really really i mean i, I didn't see so, the death coming and it really kind of shocked me like when when it looked like she was she was going that way, but I think he's to, been to have that, in, um, no, in I don't believe I don't, I don't, don't believe he, he is. is. No, I don't think he's ever mentioned. So um, yeah, so he may he may not have even existed. Yeah, yeah, totally. But my there. again, my assumption, I guess, from Civil War, you know, was the fact that I, I figured he had already passed, and that was a process that he and May had already been through. So that kind of gave them the freedom to have Holland as really light hearted from the outset, which is something probably Maguire and Garfield were, were denied a little bit. They kind of didn't have that playful version of themselves because well, they, they kind of have this death of uncle Ben as their starting point. And um, well, again, well, again, I mean, like he doesn't need to have existed at all. Maybe, again, to your oh, sure. point, yeah, yeah, it, would, it, would, it, would, it would actually make more sense if he didn't exist at all. And Peter hadn't had to deal with grief in that in that yes. way because yeah, obviously there's no mention of his actual parents. But, yeah, yeah, that, that's well, yeah. That, that's exactly my point. Yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. of the fact that it, my assumption was that that had already happened, but the fact that you actually do it in the third film, you know, yeah. you kind of do the beginning at the end, and I just yeah. it, I just thought it was an inspired kind of approach to it, just a genius kind of way to to progress that that same story and make him realize that element of responsibility um i thought it was just a brilliant way of doing it yeah very cool all right have we all got our web fluid out of our systems Uh, well now that you mention that (laughs) the the whole web fluid coming out of his uh arms gang (laughs) brilliant that was that their reaction their reaction to that (laughs) was was pretty good Right, oh, you know, it was very, very, very good. That might have been that might have been my highlight, actually. Yeah, I thought the dynamic between the three of them was pretty good. Very good. Like, yeah. when they when they're sort of talking about, you know, just they're doing their sciency stuff and and what like Garfield, doing. Garfield especially. I think it like it felt like he was just having a whale of a time doing doing like being back in that suit and and being Peter Parker again. He was me, excellent. It just felt, yeah, it just yeah. felt like. Yeah, I think to- Tobey Maguire was just like I just don't believe that I'm back here. You know? um, but, he did look uh, like a rabbit in the headlights. He did a little bit, but I mean, grizzled, I like the veteran. that the way Marvel have approached this, the whole multiverse thing is quite interesting, isn't it? Because they've not attempted at any point, even with Loki, to say that the equivalent person in the multiverse looks the same. Because you go yeah. in, in Loki, the different Lokis are all completely different. Whereas in the DC comics and in the dc tv stuff whenever you go to another dimension it's actually the same person but they're evil or they're a klutz or there's something different right whereas in yeah. this they let the, the in another well it just opens, universe, it, just opens the, it up and makes it a lot easier for them to to do it that does but it's something yeah. about you know the multiverse idea that in a way 
it's it's interesting, but it does in a way it doesn't make sense either. Because if a new universe is created every time you make a decision and you go some other way, why did, why do you why are you so different? Why is why isn't Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield when they look close to each other? They're not even close to each other in age. But I like yeah. it. I just let me just say that I like it that they're doing it this way. But it is a bit strange when you sort of try to think about it in the way that they've already described. Yeah. Um, can, can I just add that according to the internet, that Uncle Ben was mentioned both in Civil War and Homecoming. There's okay. a piece of dialogue between Peter and Tony Stark um, that describes the fact that Aunt May doesn't know that he's Spider-Man and he can't let her know because she because of how stressed it would make her on top of her already going through the stress from recently losing Uncle Ben in an accident. Okay, she did exist. Oh, wow. okay. I have no recollection. I, I don't know if this is true. Obviously, you know... I mean, it sounds like it was... It's from the internet, Dan, so it's probably not true. <laughs> <laughs> That's my stance, you know, just so you know. It, I mean, there's, a, a, there's been a lot of... There's been a lot of MCU over the last 10 years, so... You know, one line I think we can be allowed to, to forget. I mean, and, and actually, because we're doing this online over the internet, I don't even believe that you three are real. <laughs> <laughs> this is just some sophisticated AI I've got going on right now. That's right. Um, yeah. So, blimey, that was a lot of web fluid. Um, <laughs> Hawkeye. <laughs> Squeezing a little bit about Hawkeye before we, uh, before we wrap up. Ada, what did you guys think of the Hawkeye series? Six episodes, uh, Christmas themed, a bit more lighthearted in parts. Introducing I, a new Hawkeye, perhaps. I loved it. I thought it was a quite a good. I mean, they picked probably the best, one of the best comic series that Marvel have done over the last ten years. To they've derived obviously a lot of stuff from My Life as we- Weapon by Matt Fraction. Uh, which is just a brilliant series. If you haven't read it, go and buy it, read it. It's fantastic. Everything, including Pizza Dog and Tracksuit Mafia and all of that. It's the, the basis of the story is a little different because it's all, you know, it's a little bit more street level. But they, that's, so that's a good starting place. I felt that the ending was a little bit sugar-coated, actually. It was all very feel-goody. We were kind of hoping that when they get back to Hawkeye's home, everybody would be dead. Or something wow. really down, oh, but I wouldn't really be wow. a Christmas suit. It's anyhow. Christmas, man. No, <laughs> but you know, after, after, um, wait, after the guys already had his family dusted once, you then wanted them to go home yeah. on Christmas and find yeah. his family dead. I do, I do like, I did like the whole trick arrow stuff, like the making them. I love the pim arrow. That was mm. <laughs> the first time you see him. You know, you pull it up and he fires it near, and it becomes a giant arrow and all that. Great, um, yeah. And um, I, I thought the production of it was really good, actually. There's a very interesting, when they, the first time they encounter the tracksuit mafia and they escape from their lair and they're in the car and she's leaning out and firing. That whatever. shot was a, so good. The one it's, in the car chase. In the car chase. The first yeah. part of that really. car chase is a one, it's not a one camera shot. It's been joined together. but It's been joined it together, like, yeah, yeah. It looks like a one camera shot. It's, it's yeah, it's when it, when it swings around, that's when they yeah. do the join, isn't it? Yeah. It's but very, it was it was done so well. I mean, you, I, I actually, funny enough, I was watching that and I think I actually said to Jess, because we were watching it together, and uh, I said to her, I, was, I, I said out loud, I bet Dennis is creaming himself over this show. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was watching that thinking, is this all have they? Uh, yeah, very good, very good. Well, you know, I was involved 
in the one camera shot in Kingsman. I did the, I helped with that in the first Kingsman movie in the, in the, the final oh, nice. church. We did that yeah, shot, yeah. which is actually that shot. 44 that cameras joined together. Um, nice. And so I know how hard that stuff is. It's I very, love very that scene. To do. Uh, but yeah, that did that, work on, on, on that. That did remind me of that a lot. So, um, Imran, Hawkeye thoughts? Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was it was great. Um, I th- I think we said on text was it episode? Um, actually, I want to bounce it back to Dennis, if I may. I think it was the fifth mm-hmm. episode, uh, with, which I, I you know I. I jumped off my couch when I saw the revelation of um, Kingpin in the, in the, uh, in the photo. And I think is Dennis, was that the episode where you said was the single greatest Marvel television? Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I'm my guess as to why you said that is because it's basically pulled together as a, as a single kind of, yeah, it's pulled together the Netflix. We've got Elena, from obviously the the Black Widow series, you have. Hawkeye. She's so she's so much fun. She's so, she got, is so much fun, and that's in, in that one shot they validate the MCU yeah. films, the Disney Plus TV, and the and the Marvel yeah. Netflix series. In Netflix verse, yeah, it was one. incredible, wasn't it? And, and like it, I said, I was really hoping that was a week before Spider Man was released, and I was really hoping yeah. that there would be more of a link between. Spider-Man and that Hawkeye series in some way. The only thing that I saw was that they both of them finish at exactly the same. Or more Which is or kind of why I thought same. there might be a link, even because, if it was yeah, like when, when he's swinging, or something. Yeah, when he's swinging through and he's going through the snow and all that stuff, that was like okay. So yeah, they both finished around about the same sort of time. So they're both. It feels like they're both set around the same sort of time as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I've got to ask, did uh, thumbs up or thumbs down to the uh, Rogers the Musical number at the end? Of, uh, <laughs> that was a treat. <laughs> that, was, that was the thing that happened that I watched. I, one of the questions I have is, like, they, so they've got, they've got the Avengers in there, but they also appear to have somebody who's Ant-Man. Yes, that, we like, had like, to rewind why? that a few times. We couldn't hear what, who he was saying he was. And we had to put the captions on. I was on, really it was confused. Ant-Man. It was like, what? Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you what should do that. Man? <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, Dan, what are your thoughts on Hawkeye? Enjoy it? Uh, uh, <laughs> here we go. That's the Dan Collicott that I know and know and love. Come on, let's have it. So th- there's a lot of good things, um, which you guys have already covered pretty much. Um, but I have to confess, I don't like, I don't like child companions. And Excuse me. Teenage companions, whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> However, was well, she supposed to be like just out of college? Isn't she? Is uh, uh no, I think isn't she supposed to be like in her early twenties? No, she's still she she still in her teens. The beginning, she basically gets expelled, or she's about to get expelled. She's home for Christmas, so she's in college. So she's in late teens. She's like in college. 19. That's it. Yes. I thought 18, 19, something like that. Yeah, I was thinking 17, okay. 18, but yeah, probably about that. I, I just don't really like her. Uh, I, I, I've never liked her. I didn't like her in Bumblebee. Um, I'm just not a fan of that actress. I'm also... Hayley Steinfeld. Yeah, I just... 
whiny and annoying, but amazingly intelligent and talented and somehow... She seems quite peppy to me. Oh, I just... Oh, Dan, I, I have to say, I quite liked her. as I think as Kate Bishop, as per the comic, I think they, they chose, they cast her really well. Have I you think seen True Grit? Yeah, 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 I have. She's amazing in that, isn't she? She is very good in that. I think by the end of it, I was I was on board, but it took a lot of the the cheese and the oh look she she just happens to be a child genius who's misunderstood bollocks that just are oh, just so typecast exhausting narrative. It's like oh god, they're going to peddle think, this one out. I, I I did like the way her peppiness contrasted really nicely with Jer, um, Jeremy Renner's like. Grizzled, old, tired, I, I'm, I'm done <laughs> with this bullshit. Like, I, I thought that, because I, I could see, like, I could see what you mean about, like, her peppiness was a little bit annoying at times, but then it played off so well with um, Renner's character. Like, I, I was like, okay, she has to be that way for the stuff with him to work. Otherwise, you know, the dynamic doesn't quite, doesn't quite yeah. fit. But, but yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll give fair. them that. Yeah, I fair. think. I think they had a better dynamic than Winter Soldier and who is now Captain America. Those Ebony two, and Ivory, those two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Their dynamic was so forced and wooden at times. But at the start... I did like their, sorry, I was, I did like their therapy sessions, though. That was quite <laughs> funny. Well, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I, I think at the beginning, I was just like, this is too cheesy, it's too Christmassy, it's too... It, it, it felt like I was genuinely watching a Disney production rather than you a were. Marvel you production. Were. <laughs> it's a break it to you, but you were. <laughs> well, yeah, I was, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I know you So do you, do you watch Arcane, Dan? Oh, God. Do you, don't. don't get me started on that. It's no. so good. Yeah, Because she's the yes, voice have of, of Vi in Arcane, isn't yes, she? Yes, she is. Yeah, and that's a very different character. And she's also the voice of um, Gwen Stacy in the Spider-Verse films. Is she? Oh, I didn't know that. She is. Yeah, yeah. Well, sir. Um, yeah I think, you know, Dan, I think Dan and Imran, if you've not seen Arcane, sorry to swerve. I have, yeah. I have. We've had this. Oh, sorry, have. you have seen it. Yeah, following oh, your yeah. recommendation on the best yes, things yes, I've yes, seen yes, in yes, years. Yes, I yes, adored yes. it. So, so, therefore, what I'm trying to say, Dan, is as long as you can't see her face, you think she's a good actor. <laughs> it, it's not really about her. See, it's Dan, why'd you hate her, her face? It, <laughs> It's it's more about the the cliche of of a character that she is mm. at the start that I don't like. Like because I don't I said she she's quite irritating in Bumblebee as well. She almost plays the same character in Bumblebee. Like you you wouldn't if you watch them back to back, you you'd think they're in the same universe. It and and that sort of I don't know, it just irked me. I said by the end of it I was okay with it. I was like, yeah, okay, fine. I'm I- I'm all in, but it, it did take like a Dan's, lot. I feel like Dan's <laughs> suffering some sort of PTSD from his hatred of anything to do with Transformers, <laughs> which is now associated to Hayley Steinsfield, Steinsfield's face. <laughs> well, so every time he sees her facing something, he instantly hates that character. Yeah, I think that's what's happening. Right, but, I mean, but, yeah. but, but to be fair, Bumblebee, I didn't, I didn't hate. I didn't. I wouldn't okay. say I liked it, but I didn't hate it. Um, but yeah, I I do. I, I think it just. I, I don't I'll, back know. You, I'll back you up a bit. I'll back you up a bit actually, on, because I could, like I say, I think in the, f- the first couple of episodes, 
it t- it took me a little bit to get into it because I, I I think I was a bit like you. She was a little bit irritating, sport brat kind of. You know, there was just something about her that <clears throat> wasn't <clears throat> didn't quite I don't know mesh with me. But then, like I say, I think it it worked well for the for the dynamic. Totally, her but and, it's her also just to sort of bring up. Oh, she's she's won a trophy in every martial art and archery. She's the Olympic champion of being wonderful at everything, and that <laughs> it just started to get on my goat because they went on and on, and you know, every episode she's ridiculously rich. She's won everything. She can do ben, everything. Do you, do you understand how comic book heroes work? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah, look at she's Charlie a Stark, hero. She's a hero in the comics. <laughs> And yeah. like all heroes in the comic, they're so different from Bruce Wayne, so different from Tony Stark. So, she, you know, she was in, and at least in her case, there's sort of a good backstory. She sees what Hawkeye does in that battle for New York, and that inspires her as a child to become as good as him without superpowers. So therefore, it made to- that absolutely did not irritate me at all. I think it was totally justified. Do you know what, Dan? You can hate whoever you want to hate. I, you know, I'll back you up. That's fine. Let him hate uh, who he wants to hate, Danny. I think, I think if, if, if it hadn't been for that inspired by seeing Hawkeye doing what he was doing, if she just happened to be all those things and then she became a hero, I think it would be a lot harder to believe. Mm. Yeah, fair. You know, but she had a very good reason for, for, for excelling at everything. So, no, I totally what, bought it. Because she was rich? No, because she wanted to become a hero. Had the lessons? Yeah, she had. So imagine if you were, if you let's say you were really determined to become a hero and you had access to the money and the ability to get all of that training, you probably would be good at stuff. Wait, so I can still be Batman? Yeah. (laughs) But Batman wasn't good because he wasn't good at those things because he was a billionaire. He got trained by Ra's al Ghul and that. Well, that's I mean, that really... him him being no, a billionaire probably facilitated him being well, able to train with all that's part of it, isn't it? He got trained. Dude, by if he people. if he was working in Tesco, could you really see him? You know, going off to the Far East to go and train yeah. with like and, mystical monks. And she's not brilliant at everything because she messes up quite a bit <clears throat> in the show, doesn't she? Does she? She yeah, messed up. Well, like she, she she messed up with her over exuberance. Yeah, as opposed to like when she goes to make a shot, she makes. Pretty much every shot she wants to make, which is fine if she's a, is, that, that's yeah. believable. There's lots of other stuff she does, like you know when she's trying to do the rope bridge thing from one building to the other, or <laughs> she does a landing or whatever, and it doesn't but always that, work out. But that's only because she's doing something mm. for the very, very first time, and there has to be a level of reality that no one can just see someone do something. And then do it. Are you trying to are you trying to apply logic and reality to comic books? <laughs> yeah, yeah, plus Dan because in comics, Taskmaster, <laughs> Taskmaster can see people do things and then repeat them perfectly. That was in the black. How Madonna does he? How movie. does he do that? Is that that's his superpower? Is his ability, that? isn't it? He, he, so it's an actual power got, as opposed he's got to an idiotic mnemonic something something memory. They, the Johnny mnemonic what? <laughs> you see something and you can immediately do that thing. You see, I, I would I could have bought into it if they just said something like, "Oh, it turns out Razal Ghul was her uncle, and she went to a holiday <laughs> camp and did training with him." Just something other than. So the fact that she, from the age of like four years old, 
spurred on by the fact that her dad got killed in an attack by aliens and she saw a hero who had no powers saving the world and inspired her for the next 15 years to train as a hero, that's not good enough. No. And you know why? Because <laughs> it's Hayley Stanfield. Yeah. Because any... Her face like, is on it and that's why it's all ruined. You could argue <laughs> that she'd been training to be a hero longer than Batman did. He was like 12 when uh, she had like six years mm-hmm. on him. That's true. But an- another you, thing, Dan. when I when I f- <laughs> when I first saw that episode, I I had a completely different viewpoint of the fact that their their house got totaled by aliens and her father died from that. I I actually looked at it because if you if you go into quite a few of the the different Marvel films that follow and series that follow the events uh, of the first Avengers film, there's a lot of, you know, liability and what you did and what you allowed them to do. And there's an association that the Avengers are dangerous and they cause these problems. So when I saw that, I I legit thought she was going to be pissed off at the Avengers because to her, the Avengers let these aliens come into her world. Yeah, I, 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 I struggle with that logic. Whenever, whenever yeah. people do that kind of stuff, I, I always struggle with that logic because if you're someone who's got a bit of common sense and, you know, actually understand how things work, these guys were out there basically killing themselves to try and save the planet. Like, that's the story that went around. That's the way it, it appeared. And when they do storylines where like someone becomes a villain because Iron Man crashed into his house while he was fighting off a horde of aliens and killed his cat. Like <laughs> I, 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 I struggle with that sort of logic because it's, it's like, how do you, how do you come to that conclusion? Unless your, your, your brain is broken. I'm, I'm also, quite sure. also Dan, that, that sort of mistrust of heroes doesn't happen until after age of Ultron. It's it's the stuff that happens in Age of Ultron which causes everybody to start looking at them differently. Up until that point, in the opening of Age of Ultron, they're busy, they're in Africa, and they're doing this and whatever, and the Avengers are cool. It's the what they do in Lagos, Nigeria, dropping. and then what happens on the Sokovia Accords and all of that. That And then what happens in Sokovia, rather. Um, that's what causes everybody to start reconsidering whether we should God have... Got media super- spin. Yeah, mm. superheroes running around. But after the battle from New York, everyone's like, oh my God, the Avengers are amazing. They did a musical for him as well, remember? Mm. Okay, but I just want to point out to TJ, if Iron Man killed your cat, I think you would be... I'd be fucking livid. Cat. Actually, no, well, I don't know. She damaged some of my furniture the other day. So On, on the subject of anyway. Iron Man creating <laughs> villains, you might want to watch uh, the pitch meeting episode about uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. It's quite mm-hmm. funny. I won't say more than that. Just to mm-hmm. find that after after you've listened to this, go look for Pitch Meeting, Spider-Man, Far From Home. And it, yeah. there's a really good bit in it about villains created by Tony Stark. <laughs> oh, God. That could be oh, quite a long list. <laughs> I had one Spider-Man fact that I forgot to um, impart. Uh, go for it. That I didn't know. And this is a fact, because the, the writers have <laughs> said, and this, Dennis, you can offer a lot more um, enlightenment on this, but apparently they were halfway 
through shooting uh, the film before they actually knew for definite that Maguire and Garfield were on board? Uh, I don't have anything to comment on that, um, but it's possible. I well, what I, what I thought was, is there is that normal? Are there any other high-profile, big-budget films that have essentially gone into production and filming that didn't have several... So that would suggest that they had... That would suggest they had an alternate ending then, right? Because they do play quite a pivotal role in the finale. So that would suggest they had multiple endings, one where they were available and then they came up with the ending that we got, or... One where they weren't well, available. Not, not according to them. Else. I mean, what what you're saying makes complete logical sense. But according to them, they were literally so they were so confident that uh, the okay. powers that be would get it done. Right. Uh, okay. They, they went all in on what they on what well, it was. Was it halfway into production or halfway into shooting? Because they just said filming. They just said filming. I don't know. Yeah, they, they might me, they might have meant they hadn't actually started shooting yet. Because that's these yeah, days. That's not production even the starts biggest. way before you start shooting. Yeah, that right. used to be like the mid, like seventy percent of of everything, mm-hmm. but it's not anymore. Depending mm-hmm. on the film, on a film like this, it's it's probably you know thirty percent. It's the same in game development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before you. Um, just earlier on today, just just browsing across uh, YouTube, there's a YouTube video, an official YouTube video of um, uh, outtakes of just behind-the-scenes shots of them filming Spider-Man um, No Way Home. And they're not like bloopers or anything like that. It's just, they're just little clips of like them doing stunts and stuff. And it's worth watching because it makes you realize how much work those actors actually have to do, especially like Tom Holland really, you know, you, you see shots of him, like he's on like winches and, and hoists and stuff, but he's still backflipping. Like there's this really nice sequence outside Dr. Strange's place where he, they back, he backflips onto a car and then backflips back onto the sidewalk. And obviously he's got like a line attached to him, but he still has to do the jump and do the flip and make the landing. And uh, watching it all makes you realize that he's doing a lot more work than we probably think he is. Yeah, like, We're probably thinking so that the moment his feet leave the ground, it's all CG and it absolutely isn't. He's so, a trained dancer, isn't he? He is. He was um, yeah. Billy yeah, Elliot, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so a lot of that would be muscle memory and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I, I'd he, heard that he does do a lot of the work. He does do a did lot you see work, when so. he took his shirt off for, I think, the, well, the first time I remember him taking his shirt off in any of the films, and dude was ripped. I mean, but considering yeah, he, he doesn't... Huh? He would have had to bulk up, right, for... No, I don't uh, think he did have to. I think he looks like that anyway. <laughs> oh, <fair. laughs> so, but yeah, but I mean, it, it, just impressive. But um, I, I always kind of thought that you, if you're, because bear, bear in mind, I, I imagine most of the time the spider suit is CGI anyway. So Well, that's what I mean. Have a look at this set of, I'll, I'll post a link, maybe you can put it in show notes or whatever, and you'll find that it's probably not as much as you but think Yeah, I thought, I thought the suit was... Uh, was just was legit. Yeah, it's a real suit. Mm-hmm. There's a on the Graham Norton show recently. They had him on, and he was talking about the suit and the various different. Funny enough, I don't know if you saw it. This was just before yeah, Christmas. Yeah. It's him and Henry Cavill on at the same time, and they were talking about the different suits. So oh, nice. Yeah, because they had Henry Cavill. They they showed him doing the the test 
the test shots Superman, of him yeah. wearing the original, yeah, the original Christopher Reeve uh, suit. And they had um, cool. Tom Holland was drinking a frappuccino or something through the through, eye. Through a straw in his eye. Yeah. hilarious. All right, enough Spider-Man. <clears throat> I think we've covered literally every single part of Spider-Man that, Spider-Man that we can do. Um, uh, just no, we, a... didn't. we didn't. We didn't talk <laughs> about the post-credit scenes. We oh, did not talk about the post-credit scenes. The post-post-credit scenes. <laughs> the, the post-credit the film, important... film trip. The post-credit film trailer. You mean? No, sorry. So there's the, no. Sorry, I mean. You mean the, the fact first, that the first Tom one. Hardy <clears throat> left yes. a bit of the Venom suit behind? He did. Which? What does that mean? <gasps> means Venom <laughs> means it gives him an avenue for Venom to now appear in the Holland verse. I guess so. I thought that was quite well, interesting because I, I and, it, seen... and, it, and it also also lets them keep Venom. Separate from yes. Holland's Spider-Man, which I think is, I kind of don't mind that because they because they can still bring him. I mean, into the spy- uh, yeah. Well, uh, arguably, weird, but... Sony could now legitimately make an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man film, and it wouldn't be weird. Mm. I'm almost yeah. hoping they do. To be honest, yeah. Did you did you see? Um, it, it blew up on Twitter because Andrew Garfield's stunt double. Um, on the Spider-Man film, he accidentally some someone asked him or congratulated him about his work on Amazing Spider-Man three, which he responded to, "Oh, thank you" or something like that, not realizing that they they that that some you know some guy was trying to trick him into confessing that they were already doing work on on the third Spider-Man film, whereas he thought he. He was congratulating him on the the, the recent film, right. uh, but yeah, there's you've you've probably seen that there's been a lot of um, social media noise and fan outpouring for another for for a third Amazing Spider-Man film. I wasn't aware because the internet doesn't exist to me, but um, <laughs> if you say so, Dan, then I think internet. it happens online. Internet's dead to me. Yeah, there's also <laughs> someone again. This is another article where they said that uh, there is going to be there's going to be another that they're, they're making another cartoon, another animated Spider-Man film. Yes, that's right. There is there is going to be another. Uh, it's called. And I'll have to look it up, but it's actually on the official roster. Um, I can't remember. I saw something about this earlier today. There was part of the sort of all the announced. Stuff from Marvel. There was a Spider-Man cartoon in there, and and that Spider-Man cartoon means that Andrew Garfield is reprising his role as Spider-Man, or is that I got that wrong? Don't know. I'm. Is it the Spider? It might be a Spider-Verse cartoon. I can't remember what it was. I saw something literally this morning about it, but I but I don't remember. Um. I mean, I, so, I read online that there's going to be a new version of the Liberation Frequency podcast with uh, guest appearances from old hosts and stuff because there's some multiverse thing and uh, Dr. Shane um, does some spell thing to make Dan forget <laughs> who he is and, and, and go back to his real name. Um, and it all gets messed up. And, uh, you know, Gavin comes back as a evil version of himself and 
Imran so that I would killed. say Imran gets killed before he has a chance to say, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Or oh, man, I was hoping I, to get so that, that I would say, don't don't believe what you read on the internet, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't believe it. But, but surely, with the whole Imran thing, being that he <laughs> he loves, you know, he loves jazz, right. and we all know that people who love jazz are Free evil. Jazz. So. <laughs> This is this so would be Imran who presents multiple shows. So this would be uh, a, 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 a a death that makes that people would root for. You're saying, yeah, <laughs> yeah. basically, yeah. because yeah. you're when well, I'm heartbroken. Evil. Yeah, of course, I'm heartbroken and um, grateful for your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> if you just right, give up well. the jazz, it will be okay. <laughs> Well, this is very uh, worryingly, of course. Um, so, um, have we covered Spider-Man now, Dennis? I think so. It's Spider-Man <laughs> um, freshman year, I think. It's called cool. animated oh, the original series coming to Disney+. Plus. Ah. That's what, nice. that's what I, I, I did hear about that yesterday, actually. Yeah. Now, cool. we're, now we're done. Now we're done. Okay. Um. Final thoughts around... So, obviously, Marvel Phase 4 is barreling on at a crazy speed, actually. Um, we've had Division, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, What If, uh, Eternals, uh, Spider-Man, Hawkeye, so far. What are your hopes for the future of Phase 4? She, your Hulk, fears. she Hulk, she Hulk. Okay, that that is coming. So you're hopeful mm-hmm. that that's going to be good, or yeah, definitely. I like. I really want to see hey, what they're going to do. Can I show. ask you a question, Dennis? Yeah. Why is it billed as a comedy? Because in the mid '80s, late '80s, she when She Hulk got her own comic book series, which was written and created by John Byrne. Who so just sort of a bit of nerdy background. Uh, there was a, the first what's considered the first very big event in comics, which was Secret Wars, which happened in the mid-80s. And that's the place where Spider-Man got his new costume, et cetera, et cetera. The black suit, which became Venom. One of the things that came out of Secret Wars was that Ben Grimm, the, Grimm, the Thing, decided to go off and do other stuff, and the Fantastic Four were missing a member. So She-Hulk became a member of the Fantastic Four, and they changed the costumes from light blue to dark blue. And then She-Hulk started to become a very popular character in the Marvel comics. John Byrne, who was writing Fantastic Four and Alpha Flight at the time, then got his, later on, got a series with She-Hulk. And in that She-Hulk series, where it's basically her uh, as a lawyer, um, she breaks the fourth wall all the time in it, right? She does it on the on the front cover. So she was the original Deadpool. Like that. And yeah, so before Deadpool was doing it, before Animal Man was doing it, before anything like that, that then became a thing later, She-Hulk was doing it. And it was just hugely popular. And it, there was a comedic aspect to it. I mean, she's a seven-foot-tall, super-powered, green-skinned lawyer. And she would turn up in court as She-Hulk, but wearing a suit, a business suit. And she didn't <laughs> shy away from her identity because she couldn't hide it, right? So mm-hmm. I've, I have a feeling that based on that, and that's probably what they're going to take this series from. And she got uh, her powers as a, from a blood transfusion, didn't she? From That's Bruce. right, yeah. 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 So that's why she doesn't have the rage, but she does have the... She's not as strong as him, but she does have the gamma radiation. That's right. Yeah. So I believe that's probably the back the the background for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Cool. So what about you, Dan? 
hopes and fears. Oh, actually, sorry, Dennis. Fears. Anything you're um, worried about? I, yeah, to, I'm always worried about. Four. I'm always worried about how they're going to bring in a Fantastic Four. Uh, I'm always <laughs> <laughs> because I, I'm really I'm, so. And as a result of that, I'm worried about Miss Marvel because I do believe that a shape shifting, stretching, size changing hero. Is the oh yes, because it's hardest the hardest thing. It's the fantastic. Yeah, you're yeah. About, isn't so it? Yeah. It, it's the hardest thing to do, even with visual effects the way they are. It's just so unbelievable. It's hard to do it and make it look legit. And I can't, I can't see it. I can't see how it's going to work. So therefore, Miss Marvel will be interesting because she's exactly that, and she's mm-hmm. part of the next round of stuff. Right. I'm also a bit concerned about what's going to happen with Black Panther. I know they're going to go ahead and do it. Obviously. Without Chaswick Bodeman, they're not going to digitally redo him. Hmm. Um, so, what are they going to do there? That's a big question mark to me. Yeah, they seem to be keeping quite still in that. Um, hmm. But yeah, it's going to be interesting that one. Um, they, um, oh, sorry, just one quick comment. Are are they going to bring Henry Cavill in as Captain Britain? Did I read that right? I've I... heard that before. No, I, that's the new one to me. But they're definitely know. bringing. Well, it, it's speculated that they're bringing Henry Cavill in as an MCU character. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, I'd sorry. be surprised. If, I'd be surprised if they did that. To be honest, but I mean, because he's doing like a million different projects at the moment, anyway. Hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they're finished with him as Superman either. Yeah. I know that would have been that would have been a killer crossover if 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 they had ripped open you know doors to different multiverses and we'd seen a quick Henry <laughs> Cavill or or any Flash. of the DC stuff yeah. go by that would be cool that would be dope um, Imran hopes and fears for the future of MCU Phase Four for hopes um, I'm super excited for um, Guardians Three and Thor 4, for obvious reasons for each. Um, I'm, I think what excites me the most about Phase 4 is the notion of the, the freedom that they've now assigned characters. So looking at Wanda, for example, Wanda goes from Endgame to WandaVision to Doctor Strange 2, and I love the freedom that they have creatively now. Um, mm. Elena, you know, in her post credit scene for Black Widow, you know, she's shown a picture of Hawkeye. So the assumption was, oh, so she's going to be in the series. But in fairness, you didn't necessarily know that's where she would appear. She could appear doing anything. And I kind of love that excitement of who, you know, just these these multiple avenues of just from films to Disney Plus shows and just how people can just go anywhere and, and continue in this sort of linear storytelling. I, I just find it all mega exciting um so that's hopes yeah that that sort of sums up my hopes my fears in sort of in line with what dennis was saying about fantastic four and not because i have any kind of um allegiance to to them as a as a property it's not something i was ever necessarily a fan of but with x-men and fantastic four and the notion of this multiverse i really 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 hope that the multiverse is not going to be an avenue to bring in the uh, past iterations of X-Men in any capacity or Fantastic Four, because I'm just so keen for it to be, to, for them to start X-Men from scratch. But again, what? that is a really, oh, I Hang don't, on, I, yeah. Whoa, what about yeah. Deadpool? 
Oh, no, no. Well, I'm talking about X-Men. I didn't go. I wasn't addressing Deadpool. I love Deadpool, but I, I just would love to see them okay. tell the story from scratch. And just because I just want to know what the MCU um, perspective on it would be, as opposed to drawing on all the other X-Men movies that have come out. I just really like the idea of a, not to get lost in terminology, but uh, a reboot with a with an MCU specific lens on what the X-Men would be, as opposed to pulling in the Fox movies and relying on the groundwork that they had laid. I'm really keen to know. But then again, I appreciate you probably need an element of multiverse stuff because you can't justify mutants in this existing MCU universe. So if you bring them in, I imagine it's going to have to be via a multiverse explanation. However, I hope we get an entirely new cast and perspective and and things like that. We may even meet them through a series of movies in their universe before they eventually join um but um sort of the existing mcu if, if that makes any sense but i i'm i hope that the x-men stuff is done from scratch and that's just because i'm just really curious to know what a brand new perspective on it would be yeah not necessarily as a cool. negative point at all but yeah. yeah just keen to see what the new perspective would be how about you dan well i actually disagree with imran oh. on the x-men point um mm-hmm. because I kind of feel like um, when they've already they already kind of did like a time traveling young X Men sort of reboot, um, and they did it in a way that because it they just cast younger versions of those characters and that and and that kind of worked quite well and and obviously. Um, you know, they also featured, you know, the the original actors, the, the the older versions of those characters in those films. So it kind of it brought the two things together. But I kind of felt like I I I wanted to see more from those iterations because those iterations have also interacted with Deadpool in that universe. So for me, it felt like they'd already kind of restarted those that franchise, those characters, and Deadpool was part of that. Um, so I was kind of hoping that if if they're going to keep Deadpool, as in the character we you know we we know and love, I presume that they would just start to incorporate. The younger versions of you know of X Men that that have been uh, I don't know God, God it, it's a lot longer than I than I'm probably yeah it's three for. movies with McAvoy and um, Fassbender that is what yeah. three or four movies yeah I think it's, it's four I think it's I think it's four movies so it's, it's probably they've been around probably longer than the the original characters but I, I was kind of happy to see more like I'm I'm open to that. Because I kind of I don't know how you could, well, I mean, it's the MCU. Marvel could make the rules up as they they go along. But if if they de- somehow decouple, yeah, if they decouple Deadpool from from that universe and the association with those existing characters, then, then fair enough. I mean, I, I I am with you on the point of I I'd be quite curious to see how the MCU would redefine the X-Men from scratch. 
Um, so I don't have a problem with that. But for me, I, I also wouldn't have a problem with them doing some kind of continuity from the recent films and the younger versions. But that aside, I'm very excited uh, to kind of see how Loki season two, uh, the next Doctor Strange film and Wanda and WandaVision and how all those sort of three properties are going to kind of come together uh, and overlap to bring something quite, you know, spectacular to, you know, to the small screen and to cinemas. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I can't. And also, yeah, I, I, I do. I am very curious um, as to what they're going to do with uh, Fantastic Four and what they're going to do with um, the next. What, what What is the next? Is Wakanda Forever? What's What's the next? Um, Black Panther, Black Panther. Film called? Is it just called Black Panther 2? No, it's called Black Panther. Mm. Forever. Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see what what they do with those two properties. Um and also I don't the other thing about about what what the Avengers is going to become because I presume we're not going to lose the concept of there being a group of superheroes who all fight together. So um, there's obviously a lot of speculation about what what that Avengers group, how that will be made up, because we can't lose the fact that, you know, Thor and Hawkeye and Hulk and obviously Spider-Man are still around. So it's really going to be interesting to see how what what they do with those characters following the next guardians and the next thor film i mean is that is that going to be the end because tom holland well, is about taking a five five year rest yeah hawkeye's pretty much retired thor i mean we don't know what's going to happen at the end of thor 4 so again holland there. said he was like to have a break and all of that but don't believe anything any of them say <laughs> they are literally all PR controlled by Marvel. I'm not. I'm not kidding. I'm like they'll everything they say all the way is is that. So they, they he might say that just to throw people off the scent that they're still making more movies. Uh. Don't trust anyone. <laughs> ETA. <laughs> um, I think for me, like uh, I. I think I'm hopeful of uh, what's going to happen with the X-Men movies. I, you know, I, I got a lot of faith in, I mean, Kevin Foggy has got a lot of credit in the bank for what he's given us so far, I think. Um, and I, I trust that the, when they do introduce the X-Men characters into the MCU, it'll be done the right way. And it'll be done in, in a, in a relatively unique way as well. Um, so yeah, I think, um, that that's my my hope. I think my my fear. I don't know if it's so much a fear, but it's more like the Infinity Saga was so epic and so well done and so well put together as a whole. Um, and I do, like I say, I don't know if it's so much a fear, but I don't how they follow that and and how they follow that uh, is is. Uh, kind of fearful for me. I mean, 
do they try and match it? Do they try and top it? Or do they just keep turning out these well, movies? Or I mean, I know there's there's hints towards a kind of over uh, overarching villain um, as we go along and talk of, you know, a, a, an Avengers-type movie happening again. But um, but yeah, that that's kind of a bit of a fear for me to, you know... What if they unveiled X-Men in off? that same way, though? Sorry, say again? What if, how would you guys feel? Um, so taking, obviously, I take what Dan's point about he, you know, he likes the existing kind of iterations, and that's totally fine. But if Marvel were to announce that they were going to, if you know what I mean when I say this, sort of park the concept of the Avengers and build towards the concept of X-Men, and if they were to introduce X-Men characters via standalone movies and then bring them together, uh, as like an overarching, you know, in the same way that the Avengers films bring these in- these individuals together. So if you had like a Wolverine movie, a next Professor X movie, a Cyclops movie, etc., do you think there's value in bringing X Men together in that way? No, no, <laughs> because uh, in I think the reason it works for the Avengers is, is because there was already a precedent for that in the stories that have been told in the comics, and each yeah. of those characters in the Avengers has a very significant backstory before they ever became the Avengers. In the X Men. Their, their backstories are like four panels long. Yeah. Right? It's yeah, four panels and then they're the X-Men. That's, that's how it happens. Their entire existence is as part of this group. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then it everything work, comes as an offshoot of that. But It could work as not... a TV series where one, you gave each one an episode. Right. You know, yeah. and then brought them together and then brought them to the big screen. That could work. But I don't think the, I don't, I mean, who wants to see a movie about Cyclops? Come on. <laughs> or Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah, that would be the most oh, boring Actually, Nightcrawler would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Cyclops would be like... Cyclops wouldn't be. Boring <laughs> so here's... Let me put something to you guys, though. So you're fearful, you know, uh, TJ. How would you feel if Marvel announced and they said, well, that's the end. We're not doing anymore because we don't want to break anything. How would you feel about that? Well, that I... I... I guess I'd be okay with it because if they just, if it was the case of, because like I say, at the moment, it everything feels a little bit disjointed, but it does still feel kind of connected. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like there's going to be a big bad after a while that kind of threads its way through all the stuff. But if it if they came out and said, we're not going to do anything like the Infinity Saga ever again, I'd be like, okay, cool. Then I... You know, but at the moment, I feel like I'm in this kind of limbo space where I'm not quite sure what they're doing, and is it all going to kind of come together later on, or is it going to still feel disjoint? Like, so because I'm in that limbo space, that, that's why I'm I, again, like I say, I fear is probably not quite the right bit dramatic way to describe it, but just kind of worried. apprehensive or not quite, no, not not even worried, but like apprehensive or not quite sure where where I where things are at the moment or what their plan is. Again, time will tell, but, you know. Can, can I just bring this kind of full circle to where we kind of began at the start of the podcast and discuss uh, the, the Netflix characters and what we what are our hopes for Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, uh, Jessica Jones? Do, do we want... Do we each want standalone properties where we see them on tv or film or do we do we think they're just going to be become characters oh sorry punisher forget punisher uh, are they just going to become characters that are just progressively folded into 
other properties or are they going to get their own? I, I wouldn't mind a Daredevil it. movie. Mm. But I'm not sure about the rest of them. I don't think that... I, I, think I, they, I, I wouldn't I mind them being think... weaved into other things, but... So just to step outside uh, the nerdism of it, I think realistically speaking, they're not going to make movies out of anything which isn't going to fill a cinema and get yeah. them the money back. That's clear. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that, that, that's an expensive proposition, especially we're still in the turmoil of COVID. Streaming has been very well established now. People have home theaters. It's, we're living in a different world in terms of, in, in, in those terms. Disney Plus has proven to be hugely successful for them and they need to maintain people watching Disney Plus. So they're better off doing exclusives on Disney Plus. Or doing, than they like, are. doing like a mini series or yeah. something. Yeah, I yeah. mean, because a six part series like Hawkeye is what they would have spent on a film 15 years ago, probably. Oh. Um, so it makes more sense to tell the stories on a smaller... You can just handle television if, we, if streaming... If we're going to just refer to streaming as television now. We, you can just handle it in a different way. And I think the stigma that was there between television versus film, if anything, Netflix, Disney Plus, and Prime have eliminated that, which is very obvious that, especially with Disney Plus, that the scale of what we're seeing on the small screen is equal to what it is. It would scale up. If you took, you know, uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier or or Loki, or any of those, and you and you showed them in a cinema, they would feel right. They would feel like they were made for the cinema as well. So I don't see why they would. I don't see why the need would be there. It's too much of a risk for them to make a, you know something like yeah, Daredevil, put it on a big screen, and people won't go and see it. I think that's the yeah. key, right? Like the, 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 landscape's changed, the landscape has changed so much now that you don't need to make a movie to... to like there's there's so many other vehicles or platforms that you can or ways you can get character over or get people interested in in a story or get them into the merchandise that yeah, you don't uh, need to have a big movie to get I X I would love over. to see some statistics I'm, I don't know if they're available of how many people sign up and then let go of their Disney Plus subscriptions based on what's currently showing because people definitely do it. I know people who do it. They do it with Netflix and they won't hesitate to stop paying for it. If they don't feel there's anything they want to watch at that moment. And I then tell you. when a new series comes up, they'll start, right? I can what, tell you. What's that statistic? Go on. Two, 284. 284 what? People. That do it? Yep. Oh, where did you get that from? Internet. Oh, Okay. Therefore, it's not true. Um, <laughs> so That's very, very specific. 284 <laughs> people or 284,000 people. The, but you, what I'm saying is no, it's, you, in, yeah. it's in Disney's interest. It's in everybody's interest to keep people subscribed. I mean, this is a whole other podcast, but it's becoming recognized that the Netflix, Netflix approach, which worked so well for them to start with, is now failing badly for them where they make and drop an entire season at once. That doesn't really work yeah. very well because it's not bringing them new view- viewers, which is why they keep cancelling stuff. Yeah. So if, People if come anybody's in wondering why Netflix keep cancelling their most successful things like you know Jupiter's Children or Cowboy Bebop or anything, like all of those series were super successful in terms of viewers on Netflix, but they didn't bring in any new viewers. So Netflix consider them a failure, so they cut them. Hmm. On that bombshell, I think we should probably uh, wrap this up mm. before we get into uh, the length of Avengers Endgame. 
um, thank you very much, gentlemen. It's been a been a good chat, mainly about Spider Man, but we covered some other stuff as well. Um, so I hope you all enjoyed listening, uh, and we shall speak to you soon. Bye bye. Happy New Year. Bye. Au revoir, mon ami.